0: Good morning. It's great to see all of you here in person, everybody online. Thanks for uh, watching this morning. It's just great to be together and to worship God and study his word. Well, uh, for those of you who don't know me, you don't know my story. uh, Pastor was never my plan for my life, if I could just put it that way. Uh, I grew up in and out of church. By the time I was a teenager, I was definitely out of church. I didn't want to go to church. And God actually began to put Christians in my life. Anybody ever have that experience? 17 years old, I surrendered my life to Jesus Christ. Even though I was a Christian, I had no thought of pastor. That was never even never even a thought in my head. Um, I love tennis, some of you guys love tennis. I wanted to play tennis, maybe go play tennis in college. I did enjoy speaking in front of people. I was a part of KLHS, which was our high school's television studio. So in the mornings we do the announcements for the entire school, that was a lot of fun. Um, this whole like coronavirus pandemic thing has really taken me back. Uh, to my KLHS days, because you got the cameras, you know, now we got our studio, and um, like, it's really taken me back, and now all, you know, pretty much all pastors are speaking in front of cameras now, uh, somebody said, uh, I heard a pastor say, we're all televangelists now, what's happened, you know, it's like this crazy thing, and, um, you know, pastor was really never part of the plan for me, for my life, um, But I can, I can take you to that moment when I was 18 years old, summer after I graduated, where God called me and I heard God say, you're going to be a pastor. And that was the moment that changed my life. I suddenly knew exactly what I was supposed to do. And uh, it was this huge paradigm shift. It was radical. It changed my life. It changed my story. How many of you know that those moments um, for us, it's really us getting something that God has been getting at for a while? You know what I'm talking about? It's like those epiphany moments. It's like suddenly, like, oh, I'm getting <laughs> what God has been getting at for a while. And you can actually look back. You know, here um, I'm 40 plus, and uh, you can look back over your story, and you go, wow, I can see how God planted those seeds in my life. And I was thinking back through my story as I was preparing this message, and I was thinking about one of my friends in high school um, who was one of those Christian friends who helped me to surrender my life to Christ. And I was thinking about this friend and uh, he, he and I played tennis, he and I um, were, were really best friends, and he invited me to a Bible study at his house. And it was a high school guy's Bible study. It met every Wednesday afternoon right after school. And that Bible study was led by The pastor of his church and it was really cool pastor Jim was a very good Bible teacher and he'd always throw in You know Greek words for us even though we were in high school and it was a really incredible experience I grew a lot in my faith and I'll never forget um, when it was my senior year of high school when pastor Jim uh, Sat us all down. we were all getting ready to study the Bible and he says I think what we need to study next is the book of Ephesians I want to do We should really do six weeks in the book of Ephesians. And then he looked at me and he says, Brian, I want you to lead it. And I'm like, what? (laughs) Me? You're talking to me? Like, I am not a pastor. I am a teenager. Um, I listen to rap music. I haven't even been a Christian long enough to give up my rap music, which is what all of us did Uh, And I'm like, I am not an adult. I am by no means qualified to lead any sort of study on the book of Ephesians. There's not even a leader's guide or anything like that. And, And he was like, okay, don't worry. Don't worry about it. He goes, we'll meet every week, and I'll help you do it. And so for the next six weeks, I led this high school, group of high school boys through a Bible study in the book of Ephesians. And you guys, that changed my life because I was now a part of changing somebody else's life and it really was the very first moment that I can remember in my story when I began to understand that God could actually use me he could use me and I don't tell you this story so you're like hey, that's really cool Brian great job I tell you the story today because if God can use a teenage boy who's still listening to rap music to lead a Bible study, he can use you. He can use any person in this room today. Do you believe that? Because I believe that for you. See, God can use you to reach your workplace. God can use you to reach your neighborhood. Kids, God can use you to reach other kids. Did you know Samuel was just a boy when he heard the voice of the Lord? God can use you. Parents, God can use you in the life of your child. You can lead your family spiritually. You can lead your children spiritually. The number one person who has the greatest potential to help a child grow in their relationship with God is a parent. Do you guys know who number two is in that list? It's not a pastor. It's a grandparent. And so God is going to use us in the lives of our family members, of children and grandchildren. God wants to use you in the lives of your Christian brothers and sisters. That's why community is such a priority here. Because the Bible gives us these amazing one another's like, teach one another. That's for you. Encourage one another. That's for you. Pray for one another. That's for you. See, God is going to use you, not just the pastor, not just the spiritually gifted person, not just the super spiritual person. God is going to use you. He's going to use your life to help people grow in their walk with God. So I just couldn't be more excited today to begin this brand new series, and I believe it's going to be a game changer for you. And it's a series we're calling here at Hope, Love, Know, Speak, Do. And this is a powerful model. What's Love No Speak Do? It's a powerful model for how God can use an ordinary person to do something extraordinary in the lives of people. This series that we're looking at um, is actually comes from a book written by Paul Tripp. It's called Instruments in the Redeemer's Hands. Instruments in the Redeemer's Hands. It says, people in need of change Helping people in need of change. So a lot of the big ideas are going to come from this book. Love, No, Speak, Do. It's all in this book. just want you guys to know that. This is a powerful, powerful concept that I'm I'm excited to share with you today. Um, And the idea is really exactly what it says it is. It's people in need of change. Anybody here? This is me. I'm a person in need of change. People in need of change. Helping people. In need of change and and what we're gonna see is that every one of us can be an instrument in the Redeemer's hands and it's really as simple as love know speak do all right so I'm excited about this series because for those of you who have been at Hope for a while this is like who we are this is core to who we are um, it's even up on the banners, a caring place where God transforms lives. You know, people are strengthened, and encouraged, Christianity matters at heart. That is love, no speak, do. It's what we're going to be learning about over the next few weeks. Um, Jesus' model of ministry, love, no speak, do, right? We learned about this last week. We, we um, looked at first, uh, John chapter 1 and it says that Jesus came full of grace and truth. Grace and truth. Love, no, speak, do. It's just how Jesus did it, and it's how we as a church for many, many years have talked about how we can be a part of changing lives. So I just want to encourage you, um, if you're a leader here, if you're a small group leader, if you want to learn more about this, I want to encourage you, get the book. I think there's an audio book. Get the audio book. And just dive into this material. It's really powerful stuff. But here is the big idea for every one of us, and this is the big idea of the series. God can use ordinary people, just like me and you, to do extraordinary things in the lives of people. Let me just say it one more time. This is a big idea. God can use ordinary people, just like me and you, to do extraordinary things in the lives of people. And I just want to point you to a passage here in the book of Acts. So if you have your Bible, or uh, if you brought your, your phone, your Bible app, go ahead and turn that on. We're going to be in Acts chapter 4. Acts chapter 4. It's a little context. Peter and John have been talking about Jesus. Somebody has been healed. Uh, The religious authorities don't like it. They arrest Peter and John. They bring him in. And here's what happens. We're in Acts chapter 4. And we're going to start at verse 8. This is what it says. Then Peter filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers and elders of the people. They're before the religious leaders here. If we're being called to account today for an act of kindness shown to a man who was lame, this guy was healed, and are being asked how he was healed, then know this, you and all the people of Israel... It is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth whom you crucified but whom God raised from the dead that this man stands before you healed. Jesus is the stone you builders rejected which has become the cornerstone. He's quoting from the Psalms. Then he says, Salvation is found in no one else for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. And then check this out. Verse 13. When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. Isn't that incredible? That's got to be one of my favorite verses in the entire Bible. Right there, verse 13, where it says, when they saw the courage of Peter and John, they were, and realized they were unschooled, what kind of men? ordinary men they were astonished and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. And I just want to show you today that if God can use an ordinary person like a Peter or a John God can use you. And that's, that's the message I want to share with you today. It's an inspiring message. And then we're going to look at exactly how to do that practically over the next four weeks. So before we dive in, let's pray and, uh, and just begin our time right here today in the presence of God. God, thank you for who you are. You are holy. You are awesome. The mountains melt like wax before you. Father, we come today just in awe of who you are. And we are in awe that you would even invite ordinary people just like us to be a part of your plan for changing the world. And Father, I pray today that your Holy Spirit would come and give us courage and boldness to step out every single day and to be used by you. We ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Very first thing I want to look at here as we look at this story is that if God can use Peter and John, God can use you. If God can use a Peter or a John, God can use you. Because God uses ordinary people to do extraordinary things in the lives of others. And that's what we see here in Acts 4.13. Peter and John are brought before the religious leaders. The religious leaders are scratching their heads. Hey, how are these guys doing this? This is crazy. And it says that when they saw the courage of Peter and John, they realized they were unschooled Ordinary men and they're just going, wow, who are these guys? How are they doing this? Because They don't have Bible degrees They don't have any religious qualifications. They're uneducated. They're ordinary men. In fact, we know who Peter and John are, don't we? They're fishermen They fish They might as well have been cooks stay-at-home moms um maybe they own their own business, Uber driver. They could have been any one of those things because they were ordinary, unschooled fishermen. And what the Bible says is that when the religious leaders saw the courage of Peter and John, it says they were astonished. And isn't it astonishing? That God would choose people who are simple, who are undereducated, and underqualified to bring the message of hope and transformation to the entire world. That is astonishing. That is mind blowing. It should blow our minds that Jesus Himself chose ordinary people to do extraordinary things. And if you don't think God could use you, I would just tell you today that you're in great company. Because the Bible is full of people who didn't think they were quite good enough to do the amazing things that God had planned for them to do. I just want you to think about some of the people in the Bible. Talked about a Samuel who... Heard God speak as a child. The Bible's full of people. I found this online. Just listen to this. Noah, Noah got drunk. He did. Abraham, he thought he was too old. Jacob was a liar. Moses stuttered. God says to the guy who stutters, I'm going to have you talk to Pharaoh. Um, I added this one to the list. Balaam was a donkey. Just because whenever I'm like thinking, okay, how can God speak through me? I just remind myself if God can speak through a donkey, I think God can speak through me. <laughs> um, how about this? Gideon was afraid. I love that story. God shows up and is like, hey, mighty man of valor. And Gideon's like, wait, oh, me. And he's hiding. He's afraid. Rahab was a prostitute. Jeremiah and Timothy were considered too young. So here you've got someone saying, I'm too old to be used by God. And here you have somebody saying, I'm too young to be used by God. David had an affair. Elijah was suicidal at one point. Jonah ran from God. Peter denied Christ. Um, The disciples fell asleep while praying. And God used them, by the way. (laughs) Um, The Samaritan woman was divorced five times. Timothy had an ulcer. John the Baptist ate bugs. And Lazarus was dead. So I just ask you today... what's your excuse? (laughs) Because if God can use a teenage boy who's still listening to rap music to lead a Bible study... if God can use... Um, an ordinary fisherman like Peter and John, to write books of the Bible and take the message of Jesus to the entire world, what could God do through you today? And None of this is to condone what these guys did, what's in the past or what might be in our past. It's just to say God used every one of them. So as your pastor today, I'm looking at every one of you in the room. I was online. I'm looking at you, man, as your pastor, I believe in every one of you. I believe in what God can do in your life. You can be a part of changing somebody's life and changing somebody's story. I believe that for every person in this room today. I really do. And if I can just fill you in on a little bit of a secret, um, something that's helped me, if you're going, how's that even possible? I think what I've realized in my, my life is just, it's not me. See, God is the one who changes lives. I just happen to be the instrument. And that's what this series is about. See, it's actually God who changes lives. We're just the instrument. And that's why God can use every one of us. It's why ordinary people can do such extraordinary things, like we're talking about today my wife was telling me a story, uh, she, she loves these mugs, they're like mommy coffee mugs, so she's got one that says, I love mom, she's got the mama bear one, and uh, her and Lydia were looking online at some other of these mom kind of mugs, these cool mom mugs, and, and I think one of them said, boss mama, right? It was like, boss mama, and she's like, yeah, I could drink some coffee out of this, boss mama, I'm liking that, and uh, of course Lydia, was just like, oh, like, she was just like, no, I don't really like that, Mom. And was like, oh, why? Like, what's, what is it about that mug? And, and she just goes, she just goes, Mom is not the boss. She goes, Jesus is the boss of our house. Isn't that a powerful realization, five-year-olds? See, Jesus is the boss. Jesus is on the throne. Oh yeah mom's an instrument amen (laughs) she is an instrument but the power belongs to the lord angie gave me this verse this morning which i know is for me but it says the one who calls you is faithful and he will do it we're just an instrument it's god that changes lives and when you understand that, that's the truth that's going to set you free. This is so close to our heart as a church. This is such a part of who we are. Years ago, we wrote it down, and we printed it on these banners. Caring place where God transforms lives. Isn't that our heart? Isn't that our passion that this would be a place? A caring place where God transforms lives? Well, let me ask you a question. Whose job is it to transform lives? What does it say on the banner? Whose job? Who does the transforming? God. No, know it's hard to speak even with a mask on. <laughs> God changes lives. Can I change someone's life? Can you change your husband? Can you make your kids love Jesus or your neighbor? Can any of us do that? Absolutely not. And it's not our job. It's God's job to change lives. God transforms lives. What's our job? Help me out. What's our job? What's our job? That's right. Our job is to care. Our job is to love people so deeply that they begin to see the Father's love in us. It's our job to care. It's God's job to change lives. I'm an instrument. The power's His. That's what this series is about. We're just an instrument. And I want you to think about this concept of an instrument in the Redeemer's hands. I I love this, this picture. See, what are we like We're like the saw in the hands of the craftsman that's shaping the wood. We're like the the spoon in the hands of the cook that's preparing the meal. We're like the paintbrush in the hands of a painter. I want you to think about some of the tools that you use in your life. A, A tool is a very ordinary thing, isn't it? But it's not about the tool. It's about the hand that's holding the tool, right? you put the you put the tool in the hands of the master he can take an ordinary tool and he can do something extraordinary with it it's not about the tool it's about the hand holding the tool and that's why we talk about instruments in the hands of a redeemer it's not about us it's about who's holding us what's an instrument an instrument is a tool that's used to actively change something. And God's calling every one of us to be an instrument in the Redeemer's hands. And He can use you every single day in the lives of the people around you. That's why I love this story in Acts chapter 4. You know, Peter and John, they've done some amazing things for the Lord. They've been brought before the religious authorities. They're scratching their heads. How are these guys doing this? can't figure out how ordinary fishermen could do something so amazing for God and have this kind of courage. And I want you to go back, um, look at the very first question these religious leaders ask. Acts 4-7 says, They had Peter and John brought before them, and they began to question them. Here's their very first question. For these ordinary, uneducated fishermen, their very first question is, by what power or what name did you do this? How are you doing this? By what power? By what name? In the very next verse, we find out. Verse 8. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, do you see the power at work in their lives? Do you see where the courage comes from? Do you see where transformation comes from? The power is not ours. The power is the Lord's. It's the Holy Spirit. It's not us. When, when they are filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, these un- ordinary, unschooled followers of Jesus changed the world. Did they not? And by the way, the same Holy Spirit that was at work in them is at work in you. You know that? What could God do through us today by the power of the Holy Spirit at work in us. God changes lives. We're just the instrument. So how? And what we're going to learn to do or what we're going to learn over the next few weeks is that it really is as simple as love, know, speak, do. That's how we get to be a part of, of changing lives. And really, this is Jesus' model for changing lives. It's really how he did it. As I was thinking about this, I think most of us, we go right to do. And uh, I'm just going to, husbands, like we're totally guilty of this. Like we're already trying to fix something before we've even like listened to our wife, if you know what I'm talking about. Like I think there's this instinctive thing inside of us where when, when there's need for change, we almost all go right away to speak and do. Hey, let me tell you how I think you could change your life. How well does that work? Not very well. I think we all know that. Here, let me tell you how you change your life. What we learn from Jesus is that real change and real transformation actually doesn't start with speak and do. Real change and transformation starts with love. It starts with love. And the way we love people is the same way Jesus loves people. By being in their lives. The verse we looked at last week talked about how the Word, Jesus, the Word became flesh. He became human. He dwelt among us. He was with us. Jesus was a friend of sinners. And he said, there is no greater love than to lay down your life for a friend. Being used by God starts with love. Starts with our relationships. Starts with being in the lives of people. It could be being in your child's life or your grandchild's life. It could be the relationship you're building with a coworker maybe it's connecting with other believers here at hope guys this is where god is going to use us because real change and real transformation starts with love and being in each other's lives being in the life of a neighbor being in the life of a coworker that's where it's going to happen so it starts with love no What's know about? Love, no. No is all about not just the relationship that we're building, but it's really learning how to slow down and to listen to another person. It's about hearing another person's story. It's really the hard work of just shutting up and listening to another person and getting to know another person. Not just so that we can have a relationship on a surface level, which is where I think a lot of our relationships live, but getting to know a person really has to do with getting to know a person at the heart level, and and the level of genuineness. That's what we're talking about. Love. I love you. No. I want to know you. Tell me your story. And how many of you know, sometimes it can take a long time to get to know another person before you've even earned the right to speak into their life. So it's love. It's know. Speak. Speak 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 has to do with taking this love taking what you've learned about another person and then bringing god's truth to bear maybe on what's going on in their heart maybe it's bringing god's truth to bear on a situation going on in their life i love you i know you i i want to speak into your life for a moment is that okay so we're going to begin to speak And then last, last one is do. Do. God's going to begin to work in this relationship. God's going to begin to do something in the life of this person. How how can I help you begin to make the changes God wants to make in your, the changes in your life? I'm going to, I'm going to support you. I'm going to walk with you. Together, how can we not just be hearers of the word, but doers of the word? I want to, I want to help, let's help each other out. I want to help you make those changes in your life. Will you help me? Let's do this. What I love about this is not only how much it looks like Jesus, but what's so powerful is this is something every single person in this room can do. Something every one of us can do. You can love someone you can get to know someone you can speak truth about Jesus and his word into somebody's life so ultimately God can do what only God can do and that's change lives see God does not need our ability God just needs our availability And if you will make yourself available today and just say, here I am, Lord, use me. God is going to use you in a powerful way in people's lives. This is something every one of us can do. It's not about ability. It's about our availability. Am I making myself available today to be used by God? And if I could just sit down and speak with every one of you in the room today, maybe we could have a cup of coffee. Um, Let's do regular, not decaf and I could just have a conversation with you and I could look you in the eye, I would tell you today that if you are a Christian, you are called, you are equipped, you are empowered and you are expected by Almighty God to get off the bench and to get into the game. You are much too valuable to sit on the sidelines. Jesus did not pay the price for your life so you could be a trophy of grace And to sit on the shelf. He doesn't need your ability. He needs your availability. God wants to use you to be an agent of change and transformation in this world. Every day is an opportunity to be used by God. Every single day is an opportunity to step up and to answer this call and to say, Yes, God, here I am. Use me. And if you will do that, God will use you every day in somebody's life doesn't matter who you are. You're not too young. You're not too old. God is going to use you if you'll make yourself available to the Lord today. If God can use me, if God can use Peter and John, he can use any one of us. I love this scripture. We'll end with this. When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized they were unschooled, ordinary men, (laughs) though. The religious leaders were astonished can you believe these guys look at their courage and i love this they took note that these men had been with jesus you want to know the secret change in the world have you been with jesus have you been with jesus It's not about wealth. It's not about position. It's not about how far you went in your education, how old you are, or how young you are. It's not about any of those things. Here's what it is. Have you been with Jesus? Because if you've been with Jesus, here's what I know. He's changing your life. He's given you the Holy Spirit. He's going to use you as an instrument in the Redeemer's hands. Change the lives of hundreds, thousands, ten thousands of people. It's not about us. We're just a tool. It's about the hand that holds us. So I hope you feel how excited I am about this. I couldn't be more excited today about what God is gonna do here in our church and in our lives personally, as we begin to understand this game-changing concept of love, no, speak, do. God can use an ordinary person, just like me, just like you, to do extraordinary things in the lives of people. It's as simple as love, no, speak, do. Next week, Drew's talking about love. So come back, be a part of this series. It's our vision caring place where God transforms lives. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for this morning. Thank you for giving your life on a cross for us, for sending your Holy Spirit. We are in awe of who you are. And I think sometimes our view of you is just too small to realize that you are powerful. You can use any one of us. Our story is in your hands. We trust you today, Jesus. So thank you for calling us, equipping us, and empowering us to be used by you. I just invite you today. Here I am, Lord. Here I am. Send me. You said that a long time. You know how the God Here I am. Ten years old. Here I am, Lord. Send me. Help us, God, to trust you today. To trust what you can do in our lives. Use this series in a powerful way. Pray for those opportunities every single day. Sometimes we call them tangible kingdom opportunities. To be part of what you're doing in this world, God, use us in our homes. Use us. In our neighborhoods, use us in our schools and our sports teams and in our workplaces, God, would we be the ones to be courageous and take the message of hope? In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.